0: Welcome to Get Set to Thrive Podcast with your hosts, Shreyas and Michelle.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 9 of Get Set to Thrive Podcast. In this podcast, we will be discussing the various strengths of coaching, what is the perception of our clients when they come to coaching, and how we as coaches can bring awareness to our clients. So, Michelle, jumping in right to our first topic, which is strengths of coaching. So what's your take on that?
0: Well, the strengths of coaching are very much uh, lie in the client. And what, what a client can get out of coaching all depends on what the client is willing to give in coaching. Because as coaches, we don't give directives. We help guide our clients to find the answers, as um, I know you stated well in our last episode that all the answers lie within our clients. So they have their answers, but it's up to the coaches to help them uncover the answers and find the correct way for them to implement them. So coaching can help in so many ways, but our clients, have to be willing to do the work and they need to be open to new ideas. What would you like to add to that?
1: I would say the biggest strength of coaching is the fact that we as coaches do not advise or suggest to clients. Mm -hmm. So this removes the expectation part which will ensure that the client can open up in a free and open manner. The second thing about coaching is that there is no judgment, there is no preconception. So the coaching space is very safe and it will foster open and free conversations where the client can freely express themselves. And according to the code of ethics, the coaching sessions are between the client and the coach in concerned. Uh, so that will ensure that whatever is spoken stays within the two of us and it doesn't go out. And sometimes that will enable our clients to feel even more safe and freely express their concerns. Uh, and also since the clients has all the answers within them, there is no question where the coach has to dig uh, deeper or has to force something on the client. So that Mm -hmm. removes again, uh, the pressure, the stress. So the client can choose to express whatever they want. And we as coaches are trained to be patient listeners both active and intuitive. So we definitely have the skills to pick up what is being said and carefully direct our questions to be open-ended, which will motivate and inspire our clients to open up once again. So this enables or rather the coaching enables the client to freely safely and openly express their concerns, come up with any kind of situation. So without expecting any judgment or conception from the coach. And we are also not emotionally very much connected. We stay detached. So that will enable the coach to empathize with the client's situation and ask the right open-ended, empowering questions, which will help the clients find the answers that they are looking for. So I would say that is the biggest strength of coaching as compared to therapy, where the therapists are seen to be very forceful. They try to bring out the emotions in the clients, whereas we do no such thing. So it will be stress-free without any expectation. And the client is always in the lead, they drive, the conversation. So that will remove the element of surprise, the element of suspense. So the client really has total freedom, total uh, opportunity to direct the conversation the way they want. So these are the strengths of coaching that I can think about, which uh, definitely motivates my clients to completely be calm, completely stay, true to themselves and express whatever they choose to share with me as a coach.
0: I think it's important to to mention too in there because you hit on some very valid and strong points and strengths of coaching. The ability to um, speak freely, that everything is confidential between the coach, that leads to we have to have trust. The client has to be able to trust the coach. So uh, I think we often recommend, Trans and I, that, um, and most coaches, probably any good coach would recommend that you get to know your coach a little bit. Because if you cannot have that kind of a relationship where you can speak freely and trust that um, things won't be repeated, then you need to maybe look for another coach. And oftentimes, people being people will not be able to build that trust in the first discovery call that's usually 30 minutes or less. So you first look for the rapport and the trust can get built. But as a client, if you're working with a coach and after several sessions, you still cannot speak freely, you might need to relook at that uh, relationship because that strength is not there in that coaching relationship.
1: Absolutely, I totally agree. Trust is everything. It's not just trust in the coach, it's also trusting the process that the mm-hmm. coach employs. It's also trusting in the coach uh, to ask the right empowering open-ended questions. And finally, trusting in your own self, trusting that you are totally capable to be the person you want to be, to attract the kind of things that you want in your life and ultimately to trust that you will put in the efforts to get the best result out of the coaching sessions, which brings us to the topic of perception among clients when it comes to coaching. So what do you think is the common perception when clients come to you for the very first time, which would be the discovery call and how that transforms during your first session or the initial, two or three sessions.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people really um, get confused between what coaching is versus therapy or counseling or sometimes even mentoring, which we've covered early on in this series and often bring up because there's so much confusion. So clients will also often come to us thinking, first of all, that we have the answer they ask the question and we will give them the answer or we will direct them to the answer if we don't have it right there and that the client expects the coach to do all the work when clearly you've stated so beautifully that all the answers are within the client. So we are there to help them uncover those answers with our probing questions and because that they have these answers within it's something that they can sustain themselves so I think that's the biggest perception issues with coaching is that clients will often think that the coach is responsible for their success and although we have buy-in and we're not successful unless our clients are successful we can't do it for them. The clients actually have to do the work. They have to do the sharing. They have to do the digging deep, the um, really looking for answers within themselves with our guidance.
1: How about you, Sharius? I just have an interesting take in this regard. It might be regional. I do not know for sure, but the biggest perception issue for me as a coach in India is that many people still do not have an idea about what coaching is. So the moment I say I'm a coach, I usually get asked if I'm a sports coach or a fitness Mm -hmm. coach. So those are the only types of coaching that people readily relate to. So for me, the fundamental problem is to drive in the idea of coaching, which is you know, as we discussed earlier, the niches are wide. So that is the biggest perception problem that I face. And second is the way our culture is the way, because Indian culture is very diverse, very colorful. So there is some form of resistance when we have clients who are in their late 50s who have some really great experience in life. So when I go and approach them, saying that I'll be their life coach, so there is some resistance where they feel what a younger person who is relatively the same age as the number of years of experience they have might be able to offer them. So there is the lack of perception where people do not just think that age is state of mind and that coaches need not be experts In a chosen domain, like me, fortune engineer, I do not have to know anything related to engineering. The same holds Mm -hmm. for medicine, for law, for any other domain that is there in the world. So we do not need to be experts. We just have to really have the thorough knowledge of asking the right open-ended empowering questions And finally, the thing that I can relate to what you just said is the differences between various roles. So some of my clients come to me seeking answers. So that is totally fine. So those clients are very easy to coach. But most often I get clients who want me to find answers for them. So that is a clear distinction where my role ends and it transforms into being a consultant because usually consultants are people who find answers to people's problems. So we do not do that. And explaining that to my clients is a little bit uphill task, but eventually the clients also understand the moment they get on a discovery call and see the joy the, they feel when they have that self-realization, that aha moment. So until we get there, these kind of perception issues are always there and it is quite normal because coaching has gained traction, especially during the pandemic times. And there are literally millions of people that say they are a coach, when in reality they are actually either mentors or they are counselors or therapists or consultants. So we just, we will definitely have this friction going on, which is why the 30 minutes discovery session makes perfect sense. And I just have this to say to the listeners, please make use of those those 30 minutes to evaluate your coach. And if in a situation, a coach does not provide a 30 minutes discovery call, it would be safe to just stay away from those kind of people because you really would not know if they are the right fit, or if the coach has the right skills or the right tools under them to effectively help you find answers from within. So it's just a suggestion. I'm not uh, against any coaches or any kind of thoughts. It just makes sense to give your client an opportunity to evaluate if we as coaches are the right fit. What is your take on that?
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That That is a, um, a barrier that we do see a lot. People are very confused um, about what a coach actually is. And the fact that there's so many people out there um, calling themselves coaches. And what they're really doing is, here I go, um, uh, losing friends and maybe making enemies again. But... <laughs> monetizing their skill sets or monetizing something that they were successful in. So what they're actually gonna do is teach you how they did something that may or may not work for you, but that's not a coach at all. That is more similar to maybe a consultant. Again, they're only gonna teach you their way that worked for them. So I I think that that is an issue um, it's probably be, probably going to be ongoing for quite a while. But like you, Shreyas, I definitely think, um, you know, we talked about trust. Um, we talked about what a coach can offer. And I know some coaches only offer 20 minutes. And I think a lot of that is because um, people tend to book these times and not show up. And, you know, our time is as valuable as their time. So, but definitely utilize those free sessions to get to know and see if there's a good fit with the coach. But remember, this is also an opportunity for the coach to see if you're a client to work with, because maybe you do need a mentor or a therapist or a consultant. I know I was a, um, probably about two weeks ago, I did a, did a discovery call with a gentleman and what he really needed was a mentor. He wasn't at the stage where he was ready for a coach. So I did talk to him and gear him towards that way. So it is very important to make sure um, that you have a good working relationship and that that is what you want. And as a client, you are willing to do the work, absolutely.
1: Just to add to that. Even we as coaches have the moral responsibility to guide our clients to the right people. So these thirteen minutes of discovery call is also a chance for us to evaluate if the problems that the client face is not dysfunctional. For example, it is not chronic depression. It is not a tendency to commit suicide or any other chronic illness because we as coaches do not treat those kind of illnesses. So we are morally obligated to report them to the right people, which will be in this case, the therapist. I think in the US, there is a law where you need to call 911 and also just report it to them and bring it to their notice because that is what the code of ethics demand. So we have to ensure that the client is facing an issue which is not dysfunctional, which does not hinder their duties and responsibilities in any manner. So we need some time to ensure that the problems that the client brings to us is something we can help out with because that is what any good coach would do. So it also gives us an opportunity to evaluate our clients if they are the right fit for our program. So that brings us to one of the most important questions that I think 90% of our clients would ask us some point or the other, which is how we as coaches can bring them the awareness of their own strengths and challenges, as well as help them find the answers from within.
0: Yeah, actually, um, there's many ways that coaches do that. But again, it's important that the clients are participating and accountable and are the ones taking the action to get the results. Their perception of everything is also very key in that. When we look at, uh, through discussion, where the client is in life, personally, professionally, depending on what the outcome they're looking at and talking to them to see where their pain points are and what we need to work on, and also what is perceived versus reality. Um, Most times I think our clients, um, their perception is really not in line with reality. So bringing awareness there helps us to bring real solutions to our clients. And I think that's one of the biggest foundations is awareness. How do you feel
1: about that Shreyas? I feel the most powerful way that we as coaches bring that awareness is by asking open-ended, empowering questions. Mm -hmm. We do not ask questions where the answers might be limited to uh, yes or no because that doesn't lead our clients anywhere. So as coaches, we are responsible to develop the skill of asking those open-ended, empowering questions, which will make our clients think, and in some cases might be able to offer them a perspective, you know, where they are really motivated to find the answers and some of them really readily choose to go a little bit deep uh, by the answers that they give out. So I would say that is one method. The second method is always to use our tools, the assessments, which will give us a good idea as to how the clients are structured, what is their indications related to their stress, drive, the way they respond, and uh, their reaction to a particular situation so we get a good idea and based on the debriefing that we give our clients once they finish taking the assessment that will also enable them to see the situation from a different perspective which will bring some awareness to them and the third method is to use a combination of both the assessment as well as asking the open-ended empowering questions and that combination is really very very powerful which is how i gained my perspective how i was able to change my mindset because we combined the results from clifton's strengths and your ability to ask me the right open ended questions which got me thinking and to just uh, let the listeners know this change or this motivation to think does not end once the session ends, usually the clients take it with them and really think about it for the next couple of days. And by the time they come to the successive session, they really have a better understanding and they will usually choose to talk about that experience. And again, we get an opportunity to ask more open-ended, empowering questions, which will eventually bring out the awareness, bring out the answers from within them. And that is when they have that self-realization. So I think these are some of the key methods that uh, I use as a coach to help uh, my clients get the awareness, get the answers and ultimately step on the path of progress. So is there anything else you'd like to add?
0: Uh, I think you made some really good points. The only thing I would add is that um, our clients do remember that each session is not a standalone session. They do build upon each other. Like Shreya said, whatever you, you get out of that session, whether it's a debriefing on results of an assessment, or if it's the probing conversations where we're asking questions, whether it's some other tool that we've asked you to use, that these these are something that's built on in each session builds on the last and they're really related. They're not individual. So coaching is a process. It's not a one call fix all. And we do see clients, like you say, those aha moments are absolutely amazing when you see that. And that's something that the clients actually reach
1: from within. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. And uh, this has been a real eye-opener for me as well as a coach, reiterating my views and listening to yours certainly does help me improve myself as a coach. And I'm sure the listeners would have got some ideas to how coaching can really help them be aware of their strengths and challenges. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned for episode 10, where we will be touching upon the importance of having a coach, the values that the coach can bring, and how they might be able to help you reach your aspirations and goals. So until next time, please take care and stay safe. This is Get Set to Thrive podcast. We'll talk to you all very soon in the next episode. Bye for now.
0: Goodbye.